Is another episode of Flavor in Your Ear podcast. A podcast about damn near any and every topic with no filter and zero regard for the easily offended. Please welcome the man behind the madness. Your host and audio flavor maestro, Marquise Edwards. What's going on, everybody out there in Flavor Land? We are back with another episode, and today I have a special guest. Long time, long time coming, long time coming. Uh, fellow podcaster, friend, childhood friend, uh, Kendall Boyd is on the show today. I have a few questions for him about his journey in podcasting. He's been podcasting a much longer time than me, so I'm quite sure he has a lot to offer about his experience. And just for us to kick Flavor Land. Flavorland, don't come hate and see now. What now? What we don't do? I'm about to Kevin Samuels, you boy. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to mute you if you start talking, talking, <laughs> talking that nonsense now. Talking that nonsense now. What podcast strip club name you didn't came up with, man? Hey, Flavorland. Whatever, whatever you do in your personal town, don't bring that, don't bring that ungodliness here, okay? <laughs> don't bring, don't bring it here. It's the, it's the flavor mob now because we switch it up. We talk about everything. So, flavor mob. Oh my god! There we go. Yes, sir. I like that. <laughs> See, y'all, um, y'all, but it, but yeah, uh, just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit. I mean, I could do that for you, but I'm quite sure you can speak about yourself a little bit better before we get into it. First of all, shout out to you, man. Um, I finally made your platform. Um, at the house podcast i am the head honcho i am the creator the director the ceo the big boss you know you gotta talk through 20 people just to talk to me type of guy now but all bullshit aside um we have fun we talk real talk we don't have a filter i'm gonna talk my shit um why I do podcasting. If you ain't doing podcasting to be yourself, then you shouldn't be doing it. That's how mm. I feel. Mm. So, question for you since you're talking about podcasting, how long you've been podcasting. What what brought you into podcasting? What what sparked your interest in podcasting? Because it's, it's still fairly new, of course, but what was your moment where you was like, you know what, I can do this, and you stuck with it for a while. Don't quote me for how long you've been doing it. I know you've been sticking with it for a while, but what, what was your start off? Uh, I wanted to be a rapper and felt like, hey, this lane is already colluded mm-hmm. with everybody wants to be a rapper. So when I found out about podcasting, they was like, oh, it ain't nothing. You just talking. You just saying what's on your mind. Oh, that's it. Oh, <laughs> sign me up. Right, but they right. didn't tell you all the work that it takes to put in with this stuff, man. Like. You know, they, they make it seem so easy. Yeah, you just talking, just giving your thoughts. Yeah, that's the easy part. Mm. They don't mention the editing and the, yeah. and the, and the brainstorming and yeah. the finding guests and, and oh, it's just, it's it's a lot. But uh, one thing about me is I felt like I could do it. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, once I do it, I don't know how to 
stop like if i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. i'm going all the way in and i'm gonna do it and ain't no half stepping in 200 and some episodes later here we are i hear that i support that and i will say about you man you've been very consistent uh you haven't quit because i you know, when i started my journey i, I uh <clears throat> i realized how many people how many people fade how many people quit how many people don't stick with it because the results don't always come immediately you know with uh mm-hmm. with the podcast because yeah. people always think you know like everybody else in the world think it's gonna be a shortcut to hit a goal man and they like oh sh- no oh, shit i boom I, I ain't got it like that yeah so you've definitely been su- su- you've been supportive i'll say that as most and you've been very consistent which i applaud you know what you're doing um and hey, you also- if you come oh, go ahead. if you come through the door thinking Oh, I'm finna get rich off this shit. You wasting your time. Mm. I'ma tell you. Podcasting is hit or miss. You know, you will have moments where your episodes go through the roof. Your listening, their listenings go through the roof. And then you have episodes where, damn, you go through a string of them and you be like, damn, what the fuck? Why mm. ain't nobody listening to this shit? So yeah, we have moments where we feel like we are there i didn't get in this to make money i feel like my breakthrough with money is gonna come and i'm two Mm -hmm. years in Mm -hmm. so i feel like don't i always tell people don't get in here expecting to make money not off top you will you will spend money but you won't make that back like me me personally i think i have a budget um i have a budget and my budget is I spend quite a lot of money mm. and I have to right? because I'm one of those guys that if I don't then I end up losing yeah Big Smash and got nervous on the platform and then, and then went up missing, man. What is going on, Big Smash? This boy nervous on his hot seat, boy. Be talking all that on the internet. My man that went ghost. Big Smash, where you at? What happened to you? See, he was just posting about his equipment, too, and talking all that stuff, y'all. Y'all see how the Lord works? <laughs> y'all see how the Lord works? So... <clears throat> Not sure what happened to our friend here. He kind of went mute for a while. We're going to reconvene at the seven-minute mark. I'm going to allow him a chance to get back into uh, the session. Um, but as you can see, he's he's been very uh, adept in podcasting and doing, doing podcasting for a long time. And uh, to, ditto, to ditto what he said, uh podcasting is a marathon it's not a it's not a sprint so for those who are looking for you know to sprint and to do all these things like that that's another uh avenue letting you know that hey it's not that easy so he is uh kendall is one of the reasons why you know i started one of the reasons why i started doing this outside of my own research and whatnot um because i know that he's dedicated to you know what he does or whatnot, so that was also great. Um, 
But we're going to take a small commercial break because uh, Kendall's having some technical difficulties at the time. He's talking all that stuff, you see. And I'm going to put him on blast <laughs> in the public, talking all that stuff about his best equipment in the world. While I'm here, you see, y'all, I've been uninterrupted this whole entire time. I'm sipping on my uh, Italian wine. <laughs> but uh, we're going to take a... Are you back with us, sir? Yes, sir. I don't know what happened. I'm going to blame Squadcast on this. My, my Squadcast has a very good reputation, sir. You're not going to blame the platform. You're going to blame that state-of-the-art equipment that you got up in there. <laughs> no, man. Um, but, but to piggyback off what I was saying, um, you're going to spend a lot before you make anything. Like, mm-hmm. like real talk. And you don't have to spend a lot to be an efficient show. You just got to know what the hell you doing and what the hell you talking about. And you got to find your audience. So, uh, yeah. But, no. Finish finish going and, and telling people who inspired you all your life. And, well, you know. Sir, see, what I'm going to have to institute to you all, see, for certain guests, is the, the Kevin Sanger's mute button. Because some people... They they want the, they want they want me to sniff them off because see I'm I'm on a good vibe today on a Saturday today taking a break from study so I'm not gonna be with his bullshit today he th- he think he thinks I am but I'm not but as I said uh, Kendall's one of the people who I I personally knew who started his journey with podcasting uh, in the infant stages and he's been sticking with it ever since and he I, I feel like he's gotten a lot better at it he's actually been a lot he's, he's actually been producing a lot more content which is not easy at all especially with me doing this with a full-time job it's like man i, I see just how difficult it is because sometimes i have my times as well um but kendall can, can you can you say com- then versus now how do you see yourself like as far as progress what do you see as far as everything um i think for me um Every season, because I do my show by seasons, I go Mm -hmm. in with a list of goals Mm -hmm. that I want to accomplish for that season. Mm -hmm. Like, I look back, because I am a person, I go back and listen to all my episodes. I give myself notes. Mm. I give myself notes on things that I could have did better, things that I could have touched on more as Mm -hmm. far as a certain subject. And Mm -hmm. then what I'll do is I'll take those, those notes and I'll put that on towards the next season. Like every season has sort of a, a theme of what I'm doing. So I would say for me, I'm going to tell you, I always knew, um, like I started doing more solo solo episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because that, that was practice for myself. Because okay. I wanted to know, you know, how it is, you know, and that's the hardest shit in the world to do a solo podcast because it's up and down. So I won't do it consistently uh, full time, but I do dibble and dabble. I would say me, the biggest thing that I feel like I improved on was was my consistency. Mm-hmm. I felt like when I first started, I was doing episodes once a month. Mm. And, and, you know, and then it changed from once a week. And then there have been times where I've dropped episodes seven, eight days in a row. Mm. I felt like uh, my biggest thing was outwork everyone. But okay. at the same time, don't outwork yourself. Like right. I knew 
that walking through these doors, I wanted to leave my name. And I felt like I've done that on the underground tip. I feel like, um, but it's a million podcasts in the world, so you still got to do more. Right. So uh, for me, the the one thing that I feel like I have to improve on is, I would say, my delivery. Like, a lot of people thought that the house was just all laughs and jokes and hot takes and stuff like that. But they don't understand that I got serious shit, too. Right. Talking serious things too. So for this season, I had to switch it up. I'm still giving the funny and the and the hot takes and all that. I'm still giving that, but now I'm bringing more awareness to things, and it's a lot of things I have not touched on, but uh, I plan on touching on it. So that was it. I wanted to touch more of the masses. I didn't want to just touch. I didn't want to be boxed in. Okay. And I think that was the stigma because I had a few people come tell me. You know, uh, I want to work with you, but I just don't know what lane to go in with you because you 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 seem too too silly at times, too over the top. That's what they say, over the top. And I was like, okay. And then one person tells you that you kind of brush it off. Two people tell you, ah, you still kind of brush it off. But if three or four people start telling you the same thing, okay, now I gotta listen. And then that's that's when I decided, like, yeah, we're gonna touch more into the serious stuff. Like, we still gonna break the fuck. That's that's what we do. But I think uh, somebody told me they said you have a base, you have a platform, so you need to use that more because people actually listen to your show. So you need to use that more and bring more of that out. And so that's why I started doing like low key. I got about ten different shows, man. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I just think you just gotta stay at it. You gotta stay consistent. And that's, mm-hmm. that's been my biggest thing. Like, I want to be the best, but I also want to see people like you be the best. You know, I want to see people like you succeed. I want to push everybody around you to succeed. That's why we do the top 50. That's why we do all these things because I want to see everybody around me eat. It ain't no fun to me being at the top by myself and just hearing myself talk. No, I'd rather be up there at the top with 5, 10, 20. However many people want to come, let's come to the top and come together and show them that, you know, I want to have so many people at the top that the mountains crumble up under us. You know what I'm saying? That's how that's how deep my dedication is to this. So I think to me, my improvement comes from me. Like, and the things around me. Like, I know that if I don't do it, then, you know, who, who, who's going to do it? That's how I feel. I feel like if I don't get it done, it ain't going to get done. Because we, we as podcasters feel we are the only ones that can do our job. And if it's not done the way we want it, then it's not done right. So um, that's been my biggest thing. And one more big thing of growth that has elevated me was having a strong support system. Mm-hmm. Like having really dope-minded people who want the same things that you want, and for me, that is my wife. My wife is the the brains behind Big Smash. Like everything that we do, it comes through her because that is the person that pushes me, and that is where the sudden change came in my show too. Because I remember when it was just me, I couldn't mm-hmm. get no co-hosts, I couldn't get no people to guest, and all of that. So it was her. I told her, you know, just follow my lead, and she followed my lead, and 
you know, that's the dynamic that me and her have. So uh, support is very good in, in the podcast world. You got to support your people, man. So shout out to the people in Flavorland, you know. Hold on now, hold on now. Oh, 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 oh. like the flavor of the week? <laughs> hey, 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 hey look, look here. Let me tell you something, sir. I don't let you talk now. <clears throat> I don't let you say your piece. But as you know, you poke the bear, you're gonna you're gonna get bit now. <laughs> so my last my last question regarding you know you and your growth and your consistency and stuff like that. So I've noticed that you moved from just the audio to the video aspect, um, the video aspect. So what do you feel was is better with the video aspect than just with the audio, or is it more challenging, or has it been equal result? Um. Honestly, I feel like you got to tap into both lanes. Okay. Because you have people who, who may not want to sit there and listen. Listen to an hour-long podcast. Mm-hmm. But if you are able to put a visual with it, you know, because I do a lot of visuals. I do visuals for promo. So if I make like a little clip or something, I do visuals for promo. So, But I think you have to have both because YouTube is the number one uh, social media website out there, you know, YouTube, everybody's on YouTube. So I feel like I had to tap into the YouTube, to the TikToks, to the things like that. So I take clips of my shows and I put it on YouTube. I put it on TikTok. I do. So I felt like you had to tap into both lanes. You could. Yes. When I first started, I knew nothing about Zoom. I knew nothing about Squadcast. Actually, today is the first day that I even knew Squadcast existed. Mm. Uh, I never knew about these uh, StreamYard and all this stuff until we hit the pandemic. And then it was like, okay, I don't want to get these people face-to-face no more. So what I'm going to do is we're going to start doing it. So we started off doing Zoom, having Zoom meetings and stuff like that. That's the best part of COVID. The fact that it adapt allowed us to adapt and change things because I was gonna open up a studio and then mm. COVID hit and fucked all that up. So mm-hmm. I'm thankful for the stream yards and the COVIDs and the Zooms and all that because not COVID, but in the COVID season, it helped me always have a backup. Okay. And uh as long as they don't shut these apps down, we'll be all right. Shout out to Meta for Facebook Meta, whatever they call themselves nowadays. Meta Metaverse. They scared. They scared us when they shut down for that whole day. People ain't know what you know me. You know I was in the house going crazy. Like man, what the hell is going? On? Yeah, I, that was on my. It was actually on my birthday, so that was that was kind of crazy. That everything went down like that, but that's just shows how dependent that we are on uh, social media communication. Some people didn't know what to do. Some people was like. They ain't got nowhere else to run to, so they was upset. Boy, <laughs> ain't I, I was on Twitter, and I never used Twitter. <laughs> but now I'm using Twitter again. So, uh, but yeah, my thing has always been uh, you don't have to be great at everything. You can be great at a lot of things. You don't have to be great at just one thing. But don't right. be bad at one thing and think that you can elevate to the next thing. No. Master something and then move on. We did the audio and I just felt like, okay, now let's do the video. Let's do, let's see how it goes. And now, you know, it's growing. I think that's the one thing that I really wish I could improve on is the YouTube. YouTube is like the hardest 
channel to build. Mm. And I think that's another reason why I started doing videos because I wanted to build a YouTube channel. I wanted to build and grow. But again, you can't come through the door thinking you're gonna get a thousand subscribers in a day. YouTube is like people love YouTube, but they very fickle about YouTube. Like just cause they see something one time, it don't mean they gonna wanna keep seeing it. So you gotta be consistent. So yeah, that was it for me. Audio and visual. I love them both, but I think video is more it's more funner to me because you need to actually see the people's expressions and, and, and you know, it's, it's like it's like a show. So if you're going to do a show, you're going to entertain. And that's what we like to do. We like to entertain. Okay. Okay. So as you can see, he's made a lot of growth in uh, his, his personal growth, his, his, his brand growth, which is Bet the House podcast. We'll give him a shout out. We'll give him a shout out after uh, to his social media handles at the end of the show. So there's two aspects to this individual here that we're interviewing today. So I've just tapped into his professional aspect with his show and everything like that and his journey as a uh, fellow podcaster. However, on the flip side, <clears throat> this individual here, and the nice and the nicest way I can ever say, is probably and we don't talk about sports often on this show. But I'm going to make an exception for this session right here because this is a Chicago native. This is by far the biggest hater in the history of Chicago sports and the history of Chicago fans. And I'm going to I'm going to allow him. I like the Cubs. I like the Blackhawks. I like the sky. You like the sky. I like the sky. As you can see, he didn't name two of the hugest franchises in Chicago legacy. So, not only is he a Chicago team hater, okay? And for those of you who don't like sports, I'm sorry to, to, to blast this, this session with sports, but this is the one opportunity that I'm going to give this young man to, to talk his foolishness on a, on a higher level to, to this audience so you can see. But he is he's also a, he's a hater on many levels, okay? And these type of haters, this, he's a unique hater. Because to be born on the streets of Chicago or in Chicago and to have the type of hate he has and trolling for the Chicago highest franchise teams, I had to bring this up. This is very notable. This is very notable. I don't give a lot of attention to haters on this on this platform, but I hope he feels special to know. And I, and with this next, with this next question, I'm going to allow you to say what you're going to say. Why, okay. sir, why is it that on your social media? You have more to say negatively about Chicago teams, Chicago Bulls, and Chicago Bears than your own teams. First of all, sir, what is your team? Basketball, I'm a Clippers fan. <clears throat> Shout out to the Claw. Two-time, two-time finals MVP. Shout never out heard to of the Claw. Never heard of him. Oh, oh, you heard of him. He broke the boy's step hard a few times. But uh, here's the thing. I'm a Clippers fan. I'm a Ravens fan. And uh, it's man all over the country, all over the country, East Coast, West Coast. No loyalty, huh? (laughs) So here's the thing. The reason why I'm so hard on Chicago teams, 
This is an exclusive. I don't really too much to you. This is an exclusive. That's exclusive, huh? Okay. This is why I'm so hard on them. 2006. Y'all remember that day? The infamy. The last time the Chicago Bears went to the Super Bowl. I lost a lot of money on them. Okay, we talking. We talking rent money. God damn it. I put rent money on these motherfuckers. Because I thought, oh, it's the Bears. We got this. <laughs> we got beat. So then, then, then it no longer was a week. It was you guys over there. And then it's me. Now, I had always been a Ravens fan, but my Ravens didn't make it that year. The Bears did. So hell yeah. We're going to put money on the Bears. Devin Heston and them got this. Cool. We lost. Then it became them over there and me over here. I, 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 you know that Homer Simpson meme where he come out and then he back up off in the bushes? Yeah, that was me, Chief. I was out here with Bears jersey and after the game, man, please. So that's the reason why. Two, the second reason why, to me, the Bears are a racist organization. But they're not anymore. But I feel like I feel like, and and if you are a Chicago Bears fan, you can attest to this. I felt like they had racist tendencies. I felt like there's no way in the history of of uh, there's no way in the history. They are like uh, really important to the history of what we're trying to do and I think it's crazy that you've been around all these years and we haven't had we've had what Chicago has had what two black quarterbacks out of forever you know and then when you had opportunity to get them you draft all these these white quarterbacks Trubisky you passed on Patrick Mahomes you passed on Deshaun Watson you passed on Lamar Jackson I mean, like, you passed up on Cam Newton to go get Nick Foles. So, yeah, I felt like, yo, this is a racist organization. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, again, I call it like I see it. Now, with the Justin Fields thing, I'm actually proud that they drafted a black quarterback. They still suck, but that's a big step into what they're doing. So, those are the two reasons why I, I do not like the Chicago Bears. I have never liked the Chicago Bears. I've never been a fan. I voted betted on them one time and lost. Now, as far as the Chicago Bulls, y'all just suck. That's, that's just what it is. The, the, the whole guard packs era was trash. Anything after 98, I didn't like, okay, so I'm going to be honest. I didn't like how the Bulls did Michael Jordan. I didn't like how they did Phil Jackson. And it was like my loyalty to the Chicago Bulls. Like, I was the biggest Michael Jordan fan ever. Like, I didn't like how that whole situation ended. You know, as a young kid, it was like watching, it was like watching, uh, fucking your favorite rapper break up. And you don't know why. So that's what I felt like. So, Ever since then, I said, fuck the Bulls. Mm. You know, so, you, so, so you're holding on to a 15-year-old, you said 20, 20 you said a 15-year-old bet you lost, 
And the other reason was just, just it sounded like you just got some animosity. So to hold that, like, to, to hold that type of thing to, is, I'm, I'm big on loyalty. You know, I was loyal to Mike and them. You know, I even uh, tried to like him again when Derrick Rose got there. But it was like, come on, man, you traded Derrick Rose for, for a bucket of mild sauce and some heroin. <laughs> you know, like, come on, man, like, this is disrespect. Like, I'm sick of the disrespect with these organizations. So then it was like, ah, right, yeah, I'm going to vote. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to where, you know, people appreciate what their fans want. And I felt like the Bears and the Bulls do not give their fans what they want. And they just throw anything out there and just expect us to eat it. Now, I don't like that. I'm going to stand up and tell you, fix this shit. We spend our hard-earned money. Well, I, I used to. We spend our hard-earned money to go see these athletes play. Give us the best product you could possibly give us for Go ahead on and sell it to somebody that we. That's how I feel. The fans are always right. That's how it should be. Okay. Well, well, I'll be, I'll be the first and probably not the last. Can to tell you, you're full of shit. That's just first of all. I, I love how you try to philosophically uh, gather inform, information to make it seem as though your hate is somewhat calculated and genuine. It's bullshit. And I want any of those guys out there that's listening right now that know when I share this clip, I'm going to share this part to say he is full of shit. He tried his best to be so mature with his comeback instead of saying, you know what, I'm a troll and I hate Chicago teams because I have Chicago I have Chicago no, friends. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One thing I will admit, yes, I am a fucking troll. And the reason I am a troll is because when my team lose, like – when the Ravens lose, this guy here in particular, he will find me on every uh, group message, every uh, public post, everything he could find to troll my team. So, yes, I'm a troll back. Don't, don't troll me and think shit sweet. Like, but this is the this is the relationship me and this dude have. Like, we've been doing this shit for years on the sports level. Like, he knows. So, of course, he's going to say I'm full of shit. But I think he just don't like hearing the truth. <laughs> you know? The truth is, your team uh, ain't won nothing since 1985. Oh, uh, here we go. Here's, like, here's the rule. We're still the greatest franchise. And no, you're not. No, you're not. You here have, we go. Here we go. Not, not. Win something. Here's the real him. It's, it's, it's come, the real him is coming out now. This is the real him y'all hearing now. This I knew it only takes he can only play good for so long. He can only play good. It, we we've been about 30 minutes in, so halfway through, he can only play good for so long. And I give you credit for trying because you it was probably burning your soul not to be a hater. Probably burning your soul. First but I'll first but of I, all, I'm gonna say this. Um Chicago sports is a very trash sports right oh, now. Oh wow. Okay. The Cubs, I don't know what the hell the Cubs are doing. And this is coming from a Cubs fan. I'm disappointed. And why are you a why you Cubs why are you a Cubs fan? Are you from the South Side? The fuck? I look better in blue and red than I do in black and white. That's all. That's all. You know? Socks is too close to sucks. So I was cool. This man. (laughs) I was cool. Like, um, White Sox, they never appealed to me. I, I was raised in a Cubs household. So it was like, you know, we Cubs to the end. 
You know, win, lose, or draw. Uh, so I am one of those guys. I told you my loyalty is very, very deep. You know, um, I'm a very loyal person. I can only be loyal to something for so long. And then it's like, that's why I've been a Clippers fan all these goddamn years. But eventually, eventually, you know, it's going to be rewarded. It's going to pay off. That's why I see. And here's another reason why I'm so hard on the Bulls, the Bears, the Sox. Because the fans. Oh, you wow. fans, you fans, you in particular, you are the reason why I'm so hard on the Chicago team. Because y'all brag and jump for joy. Like right now, y'all really think the Bulls have a legitimate shot at making noise in the East. And it's just so funny to me because it's November. And then you got guys like Queese over here who, who is – who, who can win either way it goes because he's a Bulls fan, but he likes the Warriors. He likes Steph. No, no, Lake Show. Lake Show. Lake Show. Lake Show. Lake Show. LeBron. So, and then he Le- likes LeBron. So he feels like he has a horse in the race either way it goes. Yes, and sir. This is why I'm so hard on you Chicago fans because you Chicago Cavs fans, you Chicago Warriors <laughs> fans, you Chicago <laughs> Lakers fans. It's like, y'all, y'all, y'all. When the Bulls was losing 60 games a year, wasn't nobody yelling C-Red. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> Bulls are 8-4, and, and we're yelling C-Red, C-Red, <laughs> good win, da-da-da-da-da. Well, you know, for all my historians out there that know about history and things like that, if there ever was a reincarnation of Benedict Arnold, this young man, this young brother right here is Benedict Arnold. So for all my shot sound listeners out there, and this is going to be a special homebred episode, I want y'all to know that I checked his ass on live air about his hypocrisy towards the city of Chicago. So I know we can talk about sports all day, so I won't stay on the sports topic. Another very questionable subject matter that my friend here, Kendall Boy, has is his music taste. He So once we once we gravitate to this subject, you'll see... His DNA is a hater overall. So I'm gonna I'm I'm going to I'm going to ask him a personal question, which this is not scripted at all. This is not scripted. I would like you're now tuned in to flavor in your ear. Flavor in your ear. <laughs> 